Children of God, greetings. Happy Sunday morning and blessed Father's Day for all who are celebrating. Um, we know the traditional thing people celebrate fathers. Some who have not raised, had not placed any, um, have any biological children, but who continue to father in many ways. Sometimes it is the church that offers us the opportunity to serve as a father, but I'm sure many of us have had the, the misfortune, let's say, sometimes it turns out to be fortunate to have raised our children because some fathers were not involved. That being so, I still want us to focus on the importance of father, because really there's no single mother around. That is a social construct. Every mother has to have the seed from a man, and that's the science. The X and the Y chromosomes have to get go together to produce a child. And I understand it, the, the understanding that you say you're a single child because you raise a child alone, but and some people love to take away um, children from their fathers because they have some issues that's going on. And so I hear Stephen as you, you lament about fathers and the role they have not been given or the space they have not been given so we could celebrate them. So it is really a, a, a topic that is dear to my heart, but I just want to say thank you again for having me come on. Um, I don't know um, your pastor needs to speak the truth. I don't know he makes people misleading him to talk about brilliance. I just want to be a child of God. I just want to be able to worship and to praise God because he has been good to me. And so this morning, as we turn to the matter at hand, which is to talk to celebrate Father's Day, I trust that all of us will leave, male and female, will leave recognizing that we have a great work there to do. One of the things that I do, as Donald said before, Reverend Bowles said before, is that I work as a chaplain. I work as a chaplain in hospice care. And in doing so, I interface, as I've done before, with a lot of people who are having issues. And one of the things that is so glaring and so troublesome for me is how fathers are not playing their roles, are not allowed to play their roles, or they have barriers and obstacles to them playing their roles. And so this morning, as we, we go through, I hope all of us can take the word. And one of, the, one of the avenues that I think we might be able to work through some of the issues we have is through the chaplaincy program. Uh, we are, I'm currently building some programs in Jamaica. I was doing that, then I came here. Um, and so I just have to do it in reverse. I just want to heighten you to it. And that is something that we could do for it. It is used a lot to build capacity because it gives us a chance to sit down and talk with people, which we sometimes don't get to do from the pulpit. So it is always my passion. It is always a mode of work for me as I do this chaplaincy. So while I'm working with people who are facing end of life issues, I'm also talking to their families to see where we can bring them in the space that they find themselves, sometimes without meaning, sometimes without purpose, sometimes with unexplored grief, but they still have to go on and do their work. And so I just want to share that with you in terms of what I, part of what I do. Um, even since morning, I've had 
two halls are ready to go out for families who are in care with hospice and families are feuding. So in the midst of death, people are still fighting about father role on this Father's Day. With that said, I just want to share my screen and let us go through and let us see how best we can break this word that God has laid on my heart. So I want to share my screen. Okay, can you allow me to share screen or is it not possible? Is it Tashina? Tashina, can yeah, you allow me to share screen? It's done. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Let me go to the video. You see my screen? No. No, hold on. Let me let me close this. Let me make sure I see what I'm supposed to do. I'm sharing. Can you see my screen now? Okay, except I can't find it. Huh. You see a PowerPoint? I'm trying to put my PowerPoint up there. No, wait a second. Let me see what's going on. Hmm. I'm sorry. One little ripple is on a father's yes. legacy. Yes, that's where I want to be. Yes. Okay. So this morning, I want to share with you the text. I'm going to be sharing with you from the text in um, Ephesians chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 to 9, and Ephesians 6, verse 4. It says, now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgment which the Lord your God has commanded you to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged, Therefore, hear, O Israel, be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord God of your father has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh God, thank you for your word. The dropping of your word reads our heart. As we read your word, your word reads us and tells us and molds us and points us in the way that we should go. So as we celebrate, oh God, 
we celebrate as fathers, we celebrate as mothers, but more importantly, we celebrate as your children. So guide us now through your word, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm giving out some prizes today. So we don't have as many men, so we're going to ask the women to think about some of the stuff that they got or what, what they got from their father as a legacy. So I have four gifts. So just raise your hand if, if this um, talks about your father. It's a Father's Day gift giveaway. The first one, for the man who never underestimates the power of letting his light shine. Anybody? You had a father who was like a flashlight to your family? Anybody? Yes, raise your hand. I see some hands up there. All right, so we got a giveaway to Ruth and to Stephen. I think a lot of us will have that. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be the first to raise your hand to get the prize. Ruth, don't take all of them now. All right. <laughs> and um, I'm not hearing though. I'm not sure. Love prize. Okay, okay. You're on mute. It's okay. All right. Then the next one, a scoop for the, for the dad who understands the importance of keeping a level head. Amen. Amen. I see those hands. I see those hands. Yeah, these are giveaways. So if you're that person or your father was that person, I want you to raise your hand. So Stevie, you're not level-headed. <laughs> okay. Then this is a coffee meal for the man who is thoughtful. Amen. Boy, Ruth taking all the prizes. Ruth. All right. Then the next one is for the man who facilitates harmony in the home. Reverend Bo, don't look like you're sure. You just take out the your hand. <laughs> okay, so today, um, those of us who know me well know that I, I'm the wrong person to preach on a Father's Day because I'm so passionate about my father that it will take all day. It is just, it is just so natural for me. So I, I hear Stephen talking about, and people talk about it all the time, Oh, Father's Day is not celebrated, not for me. For me, it is a celebration every day, not just on Father's Day. I, I wake up and I think about my father and I put something on Facebook or I, 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 I write something. It's, it's always a celebration because of what he meant to all of us, not just to me or to my sisters and brothers, but the entire family and community. He was a community father. So I just want to spend a, a couple of minutes just to talk about those, some of those images, to incorporate those gifts into the things about a father. And I have used those images for a very particular reason. I want to use the text in Ephesians 6, verse 4. It is very popular. We all know the first part of it. And this verse 4 says, do not provoke your children to anger. Bring them up or nourish them, even cherish and train them in the discipline, the tutelage and the correction of the Lord and call attention to the warning or the results of what can happen if you are not doing what God wants you to do. The Message Bible is a very interesting Bible for me. And a lot of times, not necessarily because I'm struggling for thoughts, a lot of times I use it as a parallel Bible with the King James or the NIV. And this is how the Message Bible renders 
is Ephesians 6 verse 4. It says, do not frustrate your children with no-win scenarios. Take them by the hand and lead them. What I think the writer here in Ephesians is trying to achieve is to bring us to a place where character, character is seen. That a person who we consider to be godly or a person who we consider to be well-meaning or a person that has purpose, that they must have some kind of ideas as to how to present themselves. Because about character, character is who you are. Character is what you stand up for. Character is what people think of you in the context of what you have done. It is what people have come to expect of you. So a lot of times people might do some things and they say that is out of character. That means that is not normally. So if Sister Ruth should come in here today or our sister would come and, and not have a, a, a praise and worship ready to go, we're going to say it is out of character. Because listen to how she leads this morning. And this is my second time. And I'm really just so impressed by how the ministry that she has taken on. So she's not the minister, but she has a ministry to lead and to find these songs and to bring them to enrich the worship. And Sister Ruth comes with her smile and, 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 and good talking so that we can be encouraged. So the characteristics of who we are is important in the life that we live. And so we are asked here by the, by the, by the, the text we read that we should not frustrate. My father, and I'm going to use some examples for my father so that I can tell you the, the metaphors, as I call them, that helps to anchor me. So for, for, for things that I do and for people that I know, I often look around to see what are some of the things that could become a symbol. The people of Israel, while they were traversing in the land of the enemy, they had the Ark of the Covenant. God was not in that Ark. It was a metaphor. God was not in that Ark. It was a symbol that wherever that Ark went, those who could not believe or think or fathom the presence of God, when they see the Ark of the Covenant, it becomes a representative of the presence and the power of God. And so for Father's Day, in my own life, having a father who was close to us, we often saw him as a balanced and self-controlled man. And let me tell you early, my father only went to first class. Some of us wouldn't even know what first class is. My father never went to high school. My father never took third year exam. My mother did. My mother was a principal. My father was a farmer. And we, I will not discount what my mother has done. Uh, we could talk another day about that. But for my father, he was so emotionally balanced and self-controlled. And so every time I go to cook, every time I spoon out a spoonful of salt or a spoonful of sugar or a spoonful of flour and I level it, that's my father. It is my memory anchor 
of a life that God has called a father to be and by extension to all of us that we should not frustrate others for if we are not balanced we will frustrate others if we do not have self-control we will become not so disciplined so we will not read our bibles we will not understand that there are boundaries that we should not cross that there are boundaries that we could step but we must ask permission so a scope, a level scope, for me represents in the life of a father who grew us, who raised us, and I'm sure by extension, the family members that you know, emotionally balanced. And so, and so as Ephesians calls upon us and asks us to do this, I think it is good for us to take this on board because we all want to see our children grow up being successful. We want to always teach them things, things that we learned for ourselves when we were growing up. And so if we are not balanced, if we are not emotionally balanced, if we don't have self-control, there are... So for me, when I think of a father that is going to um, contribute a lot of things to a home, I think that one of the things that they need to do is to be emotionally balanced. Today's Father's Day, as we celebrate it, and there are many things about a father that is different from a mother. It is always a joke that a father could go and shop for three full, full outfits in a store in half an hour. Not a woman. We gotta stay there until the security ready to lock us out. Storage to lock up. We try and we fit and we can't finish, yes? Uh, they say that it's only a father can go on a 10-day holiday with one suitcase. Ladies, we have to carry makeup and different shoes for different days. And we have to do all of these things. Of course, it's the men sometimes who cause us to have to do all of these things. But that's just what it is. A woman has gray hair and she covers them. But for a man, he's distinguished when he has gray hair look at steven okay um if a guy shows up at a party and somebody else has on the same um, outfit they become friends for life almost but if a woman comes and sees somebody else in the same outfit they bend on and they've gone back a yard yes if it is always going to be you know so there are different things men and women function in different ways it doesn't mean that we should not honor them. It doesn't mean that we should not care for them. It doesn't mean that we should allow them not to participate in their children's life. What we need to do as we see them, as we mold our own children, our grandchildren, or the people with whom we come in touch with, is to always try to teach them to be level-headed. We have some generational curses and some family um, values that we have taught to children to be so emotional that to think negative about everything is the answer. We have to begin to change that because all of us who have girl children, they will not be able to find husbands if we continue at this trend. Some in prison, some dead. Some is of no use, some have no responsibility. We have to begin to teach them succession in terms of helping them to understand how to think 
and how to reason and how to make decisions because men are very visual. So they make a lot of decisions based on what they see. We have to try to fix that. So as we, as we go through this Father's Day, let us look at this. Now, the other one that I look at is being thoughtful. And this is something that is very funny. My father was a farmer. My mother goes to school, we go to school with her or we go to work, depending on what's happening on. And he would get up every morning at 5.30, he was very disciplined. My father knew how to do self-care. We just having a conversation here. And he would get up every morning at 5.30. And he had his coffee beans roasted. And most people would, um, would crush the coffee in the mortar and put it in a bottle and you go out and you make it. My father never did that. He roasted his beans, he put them in a container. And then every morning at 5.30, he has a mill, a hand mill like this one. And he grinds his coffee. It's a process for him. Everybody else is sleeping. My father goes out there, grinds his coffee, puts the water on the fire, spoons out the cup, the ground coffee, into the container, take it off. He has a, the cover, he leans it to the side on the stove and he sits down in front of this coffee mill. I know, he never told me, but I know he must have had a thousand conversation with this hand mill. As a result of that, my father was very thoughtful. I'm sure in those early mornings that the Holy Spirit must have ministered to him, that the, the difficulties that he had of life, the questions he had about what God wants him to do, he must have said many yes, many no, asked many questions. So as a father, you have to be able to be thoughtful so that you can raise your children in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. You must be able to clarify goals for your children. For we are not working in a vacuum. We are working with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that we make utterings. We make groanings. We call upon the Holy Spirit to make and mold us. When I was growing up, there's a song which we still sing. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Make me, mold me, break me, open me. And when we are thoughtful, we have to look at things. We have to question things. We have to break them apart. And I can't imagine that if you are thoughtful as a father, that you would not be able to do some good for your children. The coffee mill is an emblem that I will always remember. In fact, I'm writing a memoir and this is what's on the front page because I want to honor what I think it means. Just imagine, just think of the mill itself. You put in some beans, rough, what they say, a diamond in the rough, rough and whole. It is baked. And if you were to add the water to it, yeah, you could get a little bit of flavor, but nothing much. But if you take the coffee and put it in that chamber on the top and hold the handle, and as you go around, it grinds it, it grinds it out. That's how God wants us to process our lives. And so I say as fathers, 
if we were for a moment to get all of our fathers to be thoughtful, we would never have so many shootings. If we were to have fathers and boy children who were thoughtful, they would have what old time people call presence of mind. If we raise our children to think again, to have a presence of mind about a lot of things, then they would think twice about walking on the street and taking an innocent girl and sexually assault her. Oh, how I wish that God would bless our men. Oh, how I wish that God would bless our people. How I wish that God will ask, allow us to call upon him to choose who we will serve. Because surely when we have chosen God and we can be thoughtful and we can mold the process and allow him to clarify our goals for us, I do believe lots of outcomes will be different. The values, the values that we want. Um, Proverbs says that we must not spear the rod and spoil the child. And here we are not talking about beating up. I want to suggest that instead of beating up a child like we used to do before, is to process them so that when they are finished, we will see a refined product. Father's Day is a day for all of us. The power of letting your life shine is such a very instructive and powerful metaphor. Again, I go back to my father and forgive me for being so personal. But for all of the time I knew my father until he was no longer able to go out, which was like maybe a year of his life. He died at 90, almost, almost 90. He had a flashlight. He had a flashlight. He carried it. The only time he never had his flashlight was in the day. But as soon as it gets the brown dust, my father has a flashlight. It was not a flashlight that was not working. The only thing else that was more ready than my father's flashlight was his cutlass. He checks the battery. You, give, you could give him many flashlights. He's not going to try to make all of them work. He has one and it must work because he must have light. And you know, it is so funny when you're growing up, you don't even understand what these things are. But as he passed, and as I started to do things, I started to reflect and I said, look at this. This was so instructive in our life that my father had a flashlight. The story is when he was about 88, my son was spending Christmas holiday with him. And the lady at the shop told me that my son would come with my father every day to get flashlight light bulb or the spring or something he wanted to make sure the flashlight i think he was just trying to get out the house but he would take my son all the time to go to the store to, to change the battery i mean if you go buy one battery why you need to go three days he went three days then he changed it then he said he wanted to make sure then he says it's not brighter and then the girl said he heard when my son said to him, grandpa i'm going to tell mommy to buy you a new flashlight but it's just the idea. And when I think of the flashlight, I go back to the story of Eli in the Old Testament. 
God called him to be the light that shines, gave him the power to be the leader of a nation, gave him the wisdom to instruct and to rule. And he allowed his children, who he failed to instruct, to ruin his life. So many of us mothers too, we think children are cute, so we don't correct them. We think that when they are rude, um, something is going to go wrong if we tell them that they're wrong. It's funny. That's what Eli did. He never corrected his children, and it became what brought Eli to the ground. God raised up somebody else to serve. So I always think that it is so important that you have your ideas, that you make sure you understand what God wants you to do, but also to see what is in the society. You cannot always not correct your children. You always have to find a way to model for them what is right and to instruct them and to do the right. For if we have faith and we don't live a life of faith, it is our life that's going to show what we believe, what we understand, and how we live our lives. Thy word is a light unto my feet. It shines in the darkness. It shines so we know where to go. It is such a powerful symbol of how our light, light, life should be. A flashlight, a light, any light in darkness can shine. And, and look at the world that we're in today. Just look at the world that we're in. There is trouble everywhere. Bob Marley says, so much trouble in the world. So much trouble in the world. We are all blaming it on one or the other. We're all pointing fingers about whether the child is good or bad. Oh, and, and many times, it's only when children are bad, they're your father's children. Women are known for that. So, you know, when everything is happening, it's fine, oh, my child. But when something goes bad, we tend to send it to the other person. And, and all of that, you know, so we have to make sure that even in the crisis that we have in the world, aside from raising our children, we teach them to think independently. We teach them how to see what is godly. The little boy, he was in school and something happened and they said they blamed him. He was, he was five years old. And the teacher beat all of them and he, he just kept on crying. He just kept on crying. Everybody was stopping. And the teacher says, what is it? It's not the first I'm, I'm punishing you. What he said, miss, they told a lie on me. And she said, but they said, she said, miss, they told a lie on me. I'm a Christian. And he cried and he cried. And so they went and they found out that it's just because somebody wanted him to get beaten. Why they said it, but he was not involved. So this is what it is. When we are determined when we are determined to do what needs to be done, we will find the will because God promised that he will give us the support. So as I think of a flashlight as a symbol of power, as a symbol of instruction, of a symbol of how we ought to liberalize and to instruct, then I believe that all of us should think of our life as a flashlight. And some of us might not know, but my, again, my father, he played the guitar. 
He was a master guitarist. Anywhere in the hills of Northern Clarendon and St. Anne, when they're having rallies, he's there with his little box guitar. No electric guitar. And he could, it's not because it's my father, he could make that guitar talk. Literally talk. But that's on the outside. For me as a symbol, every week, once or twice, he would pick up that instrument and he would just play some tunes. Tunes that we know, tunes that we don't know. But whenever he plays, it was like heaven was on earth. So he played so that he could maintain himself. We have to make sure that we maintain ourselves. We have to make sure that whatever we believe in, we practice it for ourselves. So he did that. But on a Sunday after church, after we eat dinner, we would have a concert in our home. We made a fool of ourselves. We laugh, we recite, we sing, we pretend that we could play organ when we never even had an organ, we used our mouth. And we had a good two hours of laughter. And the only person who was there who played guitar, that instrument was my father. But he would never go anyplace else. He would be there every Sunday before we go to night service to create that harmony and that unity in our home. It is no wonder that we all love him so much. Sometimes my mother is, is really jealous. Because my father did so many practical things, my father would sit down and comb her hair. My father would model the harmony and the skills that are needed to have us going. And most of all, my father maintained harmony by praying with us. My father maintained harmony by being not judgmental. My mother would Decide, oh, you did this and boom, boom, boom. My mother was like, she just started to beat. No, not my father. My father was never judgmental. He'll sit down with you. He will talk with you. He will say, well, what about this? Oh, this don't sound quite right to me. Come again. And he will stay there with you until you understand. Because when you understand, then the other children will understand. The other cousins will understand. And that was his way, I felt in maintaining harmony in the home. On this Father's Day, I thank God for all fathers. And I don't want to beat up fathers and talk about deadbeat dad and so on. Just as Stephen says, if we can leave our place where we are, a place of no praise, the place of not appreciating our fathers, and we start our own little movement of thanking our fathers, of having our fathers be in a, something one day per month or something. There are so many people out there who want to have a relationship with their fathers. When I talk to the gangsters in Kingston, I would do a lot of work with gangsters in Chilon, wherever they are. Those same people will tell me, I don't have a father. Recently, I was talking to a young man who was four to five years old talking to him about taking care of his children. And then he says, my father never took care of me. I said, but somebody did. No, I wanted my father to stop what he's doing and sit down and speak a kind word to me. And that's why I'm so angry. 40 some years old. He's a professional. 
but he's still carrying that anger. So today on Father's Day, I don't want to multiply words, but I just want to say to you that God is watching. God is waiting on us to be the harmony in our homes. God is waiting on all of us to be the harmony in this world so that we can appreciate and recognize and see that we all belong to the family of God. And I just want to pause for a moment to say to us, regardless of what we think about what's happening in this world, pandemic has taught us that we need each other. Regardless of what we think about what's happening in the world, whatever person does affects one another in some way. Regardless of who you think might be right or wrong in the war that we're fighting, we have come to see that we're all connected in some way. So how could Russia, who is so far away which we can't even spell the word, we don't even know the language they speak, and yet in Jamaica, our crops are going to be affected because they su supply fertilizer. We're all connected. So as we, we celebrate and as we continue to celebrate and as we continue to redefine our roles, let us remember that we need to be balanced. We need to be thoughtful. We need to let our influence and our light shine. And we need to model the harmony that God wants us to do. On Facebook, I took this reading. Obviously, it's a daughter's tribute to her father. And it says, so as I navigate through my journey of grief since Papa died, I am glued, I'm sorry, my screen is, I'm looking at screen. Since Papa died, I am glued to the day when I noticed a somber mood and quietly captured his emotional display in pictures. How are you, I inquired. Betwixt and between, he replied. At his passing on October 24, 2016, my world that I cherish and adore within it was turned upside down and placed me on the threshold of betwixt and between land. Three years later, it is still an unsettling arena where I'm learning to steer my vehicle and working on my new self. Since being inducted into this Hall of Fame, I have to constantly use my faith resources, the help and support of many friends and a few family to keep afloat, but mostly the example you set for me. I simply have no choice but to honor my pain as I found out that there is no Panadol or Tylenol for me. Papa, I never knew Betwixt and Between experience could be so life-changing, but I'm determined to use its experience to grasp limitless opportunities for the new me in a transformative life. A daughter obviously had a father who molded her, who taught her what it was like. So even when he's passed, his legacy continues to live. And so today, my encouragement to you is that hold on to those that help to mold you. But even as you mold your own children or grandchildren or anyone who comes at school in your place, teach them 
Money will finish, but what you have taught, those in your care to do will live with them for life and help them. This is the commandment that we must love God with our whole heart. And God has given the model through the Old Testament and the New Testament as to what we need to do. So he says, get the things that you need to do, the commandments that I give to you, get them inside of you, in your children, talk about them wherever you are. When you're walking the street, talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into your bed at night. Tie them on your hand and your foreheads as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorposts of your home and on your city gates. I just trust God that he will help you to understand what your role is. This might not be the fire sermon that you're expecting, but I believe that we need to be really thoughtful and level-headed as we take control of our society because we are not in a good place. In many cases, we are not in a good place and we need godly men and godly people to model not only for the sons, but for everybody. And those who have gone already, we might not be able to make the change, but let us be the change. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless you. Amen.